Hi, Ben here. Uh, just talking real quick before the episode starts, which makes the opening preamble to this episode even longer. But this is Ben from the future, not Ben from the car. I uh, just wanted to tell you real quick that we are having a contest. Just go to benavery.com slash contest and you can enter to win one of three copies of C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy Omnibus. That's all three books in one volume. And you just go to benavery.com slash contest. The contest is from May 10th to May 21st. And so sorry for those of you who are listening in the future after May 21st, the contest is done. But yeah, you sign up for some social media stuff, sign up for my uh, my email list, uh, just those kinds of things, and you can get entry points that allow you to, with the random entry at the very end of the contest using King Sumo, uh, you might win one of those books. So benavery.com slash contest, do it. Now here's me from the past going on a road trip with a really long opening that I just made a minute longer. All right, everyone, it is a road trip episode, and I need to hurry and get on my way because, frankly, I'm running a little bit late. We'll see if I can get there on time, but I'm not going to speed. Anyway, road trip episode, episode 400 and uh, off the top of my head, uh, 404. I think that's right. If that's wrong, I'll fix it in post, or maybe I won't. I don't know. But anyway... It's a gaming double feature, sort of. I'm going to talk about Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie, on the way to the theater. Then I'm going to watch Dungeons and & Dragons, and I'm going to talk about that on the way home. And I'm sure I'll talk about that on the way there as well, because I do want to talk about my expectations of that movie. But I also wanted to take some time to talk about Super Mario Brothers movie. And that was a really long preamble. I'm not sure where I'm going to put the theme music, but it's probably going to drop right here. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. All right, so I am on the road to my small town theater. This is not the one that I walk to which is in town, because they're doing their third weekend of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Instead, I am going to the Bremen Theater, which is a 10-minute, 15-minute drive, and they are showing Dungeons & Dragons after two weeks of the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I thought it would be nice, kind of a serendipitous theming of a double feature, you know, a themed double feature of... Two gaming movies. One gaming movie is a video game, and the other is a tabletop role-playing game. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that. But anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie because I saw that a couple weekends ago. Haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Plan to talk about it in a regular episode. Haven't gotten around to it. And so here I am. I'm thinking this is my chance. And I just want to say... Super Mario Brothers movie, that was a fantastic little movie. Now, is it a perfect little movie? Well, depending on your your uh, grading scale or whatever, you might say it's perfect. You could say it's perfect. It does the job that it set out to do. And what was the job that it set out to do? Well, it's pretty simple. It wanted to be a video game movie about a video game. 
that felt like a video game. And it did all that stuff. It wanted to distance itself from the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie, and it definitely did that as well. But at the same time, it was embracing the past. It was embracing the uh, Super Mario Brothers... A Saturday morning cartoon show that had live action Mario and Luigi doing their thing with Cindy Lauper and wrestling people, and then it had the uh, cartoon adventures in uh, the fantasy land. But it was just a goofy TV show. But it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't besmirch the franchise in the same way that the live-action movie did. Now, I do want to revisit the live-action movie someday, and maybe someday I will. But the live-action movie was just not fun. It was kind of bad in a let's-make-fun-of-this-movie sort of a way, uh, but not a so-bad-it's-good kind of a way, at least in my opinion. So... It was just fun. Now, I know that there are some complaints about things like plot holes. Like, well, where did this warp come from that takes them from the Earth to the land? And how does that work? And he's, you know, there, there's a lot of, they're, they're on a time clock, but they're going to stop and do all these different, you know, tests of skill that he can't possibly pass. And, you know, the thing of it is, if any movie deserves the phrase, just say to yourself, it's just a show, I should really just relax from Mystery Science Theater's theme song, it's the Super Mario Brothers movie. I mean, really, if you're going into that movie looking for something with lots of depth to it, then uh, that's not the movie that they were making, and that's not the movie they intended to make. And what they intended to make, I feel, is what we got, which was a an animated movie that was fun for all ages, that was clean, that was PG, because it has some things in it. There's peril and there's some, you know, poop jokes, but uh, it just does the job. And so I enjoyed it. And I went and saw it with my son, who he wanted to see it. And then later on, when we were getting ready to go, like the week of, and we were, you know, we saw the marquee on the theater, he started thinking, uh, well, I have to go see it because I like video games and I want to be a video game YouTuber. So if I don't go see it, then, yeah. And so that's, that became his reason for going, uh, he, he likes the Sonic movies more, and actually he's been spending a lot of time watching YouTube videos about Sonic and playing Sonic on his computer. I think that he's more of a Sonic kid than a Mario kid, although he likes both. Uh, but he, the Sonic movies he really enjoys, and, and they're fun too. They're a lot of fun in a different way. And the Mario Brothers movie could have gone in that direction where it's you know live action and you know using 3D elements, uh, but I'm glad that they did it this way, and... It just, it was fun. Now, it wasn't perfect. I mean, thematically, this is one of those movies like Fireproof. Fireproof is, the whole point of the movie is, you know, don't leave your partner behind. Don't leave your partner behind. That's the metaphor. That's why he's a firefighter. So they can talk about don't leave your your partner behind. And in your marriage, don't leave your partner behind. And then when push comes to shove in the uh, action climax of the movie, not the emotional climax, but the action climax of the movie, 
He goes in the building and leaves his partner behind, drops the metaphor completely. And, uh, and I'll, I'll always hold that against Kirk Cameron, uh, although I'm pretty sure he doesn't have anything to do with that decision. But this, this movie was all about, you know, family. You don't have to prove your worth to your family, but, you know, their dad really doesn't give them the approval they're looking for until they save the world. And so it kind of, um, yeah, it, 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 go, it kind of goes against the, the theme that they're trying to bring up. But there's some good stuff to it where it's about brothers and it's about taking care of family and it's about loving and, and being kind. And, you know, there's just there's a lot of good stuff to the movie. So a lot of good things to talk about. So the Dungeons and Dragons movie that I'm about to see, I have heard really good things about it. And it has not, from what I've heard, been making as much money as the Super Mario Brothers movie. The Super Mario Brothers movie is uh, apparently like on track to make a billion dollars or something. Like it's 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 making Marvel money. And I've seen some think pieces too where they've talked about like it's bad that it's making Marvel money because if it makes Marvel money, then we're gonna see a ton of uh, movies like it. More movies like the Super Mario Brothers movie where it's just not good video game movies. And I say, if it's not good video game movies in the way that the Super Mario Brothers movie was a not good video game movie, bring them on. If they're going to try and be fun and stay true to the tone of the video games that they are trying to be about, bring it on. Because the Super Mario Brothers movie, I mean, and I won't be like this for Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not in the weeds with Dungeons & Dragons. And my experience with Dungeons & Dragons is actually pretty limited. Uh, it was something I was not allowed to play when I was young. I was there for the whole satanic panic thing. It wasn't quite as bad for me as it was for some people because for me it was more my parents just trying to navigate like, well, what is this all about and what are people saying? And you know, I I went to a toy turmoil in the toy box seminar. I went to a, a rock and roll seminar about how rock and roll music is from the devil. But um, my parents weren't like super ultra strictly conservative it was really them trying to figure out okay this is the kind of thing he probably would like but how do we you know what we trust here and what they're saying about it and my my parents were fairly i mean they 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 were even about it they were trying to figure things out and there was some things that would come up with other things i was into where they would say uh that's not something we really want you uh to be to be messing with and and so my Role-playing games tended to be science fiction. I was into the Star Trek role-playing game, uh, well, Starfleet Battles, the, the tactical game, Battletech and, and Mech Warrior, which is a tactical game, and then the role-playing game that went along with it, and uh, Marvel superheroes and Star Wars. And so that was my role-playing experience. But, uh, you know, I, so with Mario, I was able to pick up on all the little references and all the little things that were happening where I'm just like, oh, that... They're referencing Jumpman right now. And, and oh, there's Kid Icarus. That's so cool. And just things like that. Whereas for Dungeons and Dragons, I'll recognize, I'm sure, some of the creatures and some of the um, elements like that where I'm, I'm not going to recognize everything, though. <laughs> I'm just not. So I'm just hoping for a solid fantasy movie that I can understand and that I can enjoy and that I can recognize, you know, the, the idea of, okay, they're making a movie that's about. Uh, role playing. Uh, I've only played, I've only played Dungeons and Dragons once in my life, and that was for playing games with strangers. And I, 
I, I don't know. I haven't gone back to listen to that episode of Playing Games with Strangers because I just feel like I just really fumbled the ball and did not do a great job, and I haven't gone back since. But the other thing is I don't have a table to play it at. I don't have people who play Dungeons & Dragons that I know that I can play it with. And so I've always been jealous of people who have that uh, geek community of storytellers to get together and do that because I had that in high school with the different games that I played in high school, but I don't have that anymore. And so I've always been jealous of that. I've always hoped that I could find a table to play at. Anyway, I'm hoping it's going to be fun. I hope I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm about to step into the theater. I'm here. The movie starts at 7. It's 6.59. There'll be some trailers. Not a lot, but there'll be some trailers. This is one of those small-time theaters. It is cash only. And sometimes the small-town thing is not my best, not my favorite thing. Uh, I got my hair cut yesterday, and it was another place that was cash only. But you know what? It didn't matter. They trusted me. I didn't have cash. Okay, you'll bring it. I was like, are you sure? Yeah, come on up here. Get your hair cut. Because if you don't, it's going to be next week before you can get you in again. And so I got my hair cut. I walked out the door. And then I went to the ATM and got cash and brought it back. But yeah, so (laughs) small towns, small towns. All right. I'm going to shut this thing down, and I'm going to be back. And when I'm back, I will have seen Dungeons & Dragons, and we'll talk about it on the way home. And thanks for for riding with me. Appreciate it. And I'll I'll see you after the movie. Okay, so in the old days when I would do uh, these road trip episodes with Evan or really with anyone, uh, we would sit in the parking lot and talk about things spoiler free and then head out on our way. And I think I'd even did did that on a couple solo ones. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about this, uh, as spoiler free as possible. I think I might end up talking about some of the, the themes and, and, and big ideas, maybe, Maybe if I think about it as we're driving together, you in the passenger seat, me in the in the driver's seat, <laughs> and, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course. But um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna gonna head home and, and talk about this. But uh, I guess if you want my initial reaction, I'm not gonna play a spoiler organ. So I'm just gonna start the car and we're gonna go. But my initial reaction to this movie was. This was a lot of fun. This movie was a lot of fun. I sometimes use a phrase, uh, the phrase is uh, better than it deserved or better than it had any right to be. And in some ways, I think this movie was better than it had any right to be. Um, I've seen a few Dungeons and Dragons movies. There's only been a few. Uh, There was an animated Dragonlance movie. I don't know if that counts or not. I'm not totally into the the whole uh, lore there. I did read a Dragonlance novel because when I was doing The Hedge Knight, uh, I had the possibility come up of possibly adapting a Dragonlance novel in the same way that they wanted uh, they wanted it done in the same way that we did The Hedge Knight. And nothing came of that. Um, but I was also, when I was uh, working on Armor Quest, uh, there was a year of time where I was... Uh, developing an animated movie for a company of Armor Quest. Now, nothing ever came of that either, uh, except for a a series of six novellas that, honestly, hopefully will get published soon. They do exist. Uh, You can get them 
uh, on Kindle, I think. Uh, but we're doing a revised version, and we're planning to do a print edition. And, and so we have the graphic novel, and then we have the novellas. But um, that's that's in the future, and I don't know when or if that's going to happen. But anyway, uh, during that time, there were a lot of animated direct-to-DVD movies. There was a Turok one. There was a... Um, Dragonlance one. There was a handful of just fantasy movies that were animated 80 minutes or so. That was kind of the beginning of some of those DC ones that were showing up. And so I was watching all of them because that was the kind of thing we were hoping to do with Armor Quest. And we obviously never did. But anyway, um, of course, then there was the uh, uh, the Marlin Wayans, I think is who was in the that Dungeons and Dragons movie. I remember seeing the trailer for that Dungeons and Dragons movie and thinking, oh, is this the trailer for The Two Towers? I can't remember which one it was, but I, I thought it was a trailer for maybe a Lord of the Rings movie, and it was not. It was a uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie that was, if I remember correctly, riding the coattails of Lord of the Rings, and, and you know, rightfully so. I mean, if a big movie like The Lord of the Rings is making big money, then as I said we, before the break, uh, you know, people are afraid that uh, Mario is going to be successful because we're going to get more movies like Mario. Well, Lord of the Rings was successful, and we got a lot more movies like Lord of the Rings. We also have a, just a ton of homebrew, almost uh, independent. There's a little bit of money behind them, but fantasy movies, the B fantasy movie, that's become something new. You've got the this CGI effects that can be used now, and sometimes it looks okay. Most of the time, it does not even look okay. It's just not great. But uh, this movie had some money. Uh, you could see where they were. Hopefully, I think they're trying to. They're they're hoping for a franchise. Money wise, from what I understand, I don't think there's going to be much of a franchise. I mean, Hasbro has been trying to do the franchise thing for a while. I mean, they tried with G.I. Joe. They succeeded with Transformers, if you look at the money side of things. If you look at the quality side of things, well, there's different people with different opinions about that. Although there's still one more Transformers movie coming. The trailer for Transformers uh, Beast Wars or whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called, but that was playing before this movie as I was walking in. And so Hasbro's trying for the franchise. And honestly, if this had been an intellectual property that had a little bit more oomph behind it before they made the movie, I feel like this could have been a successful, a successful beginning to a, a new franchise. Uh, the, I mean, the actors are all just about perfect. You got Justice Smith, who's someone that uh, I've liked him in everything I've seen him in. I've never seen him in anything that I didn't like him in because he just brings a, um, he brings a youthful gravitas. I think that's the word I would use for Justice Smith. You have Chris Pine, who was Captain Kirk, and uh, I think it was Jack Ryan in a movie, and he's, he's a movie star. You know, and he doesn't have to always be in the center chair because he's also, you know, he was uh, Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman. And so he, you know, he could take the, the back seat, but he carries this movie well. You have, um, uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted. I 
to slow down here because there's an Amish buggy in front of me that I have to pass, but sometimes they can be a little tricky. Uh, but anyway, um, you had, I can't remember her name, but she played Valkyrie in the Thor movies, and uh, she she was great. She did what she did, and she was this tough warrior with, with heart. <laughs> and um, if you grant, I mean, you have some really strong actors in this, and they're doing their craft strongly. <laughs> Man, uh, me, a movie reviewer. But, yeah, I, they did a great job. The story was good. You know, uh, I really, you, I could feel the quest happening. I could feel, you know, you have the one character who shows up and it was like, oh, um, hey, we've got a new guy coming in for, for our, uh, our gaming session. And so we'll, we'll come up with a character for him, let him do this half of the, uh, this bit of the adventure. And then uh, he won't be back next week, so we're going we're gonna to set him off at the end of the, the night, which I've done that once or twice. Uh, I remember doing that and being a, a hero uh, in my, my friend's brother's Marvel superheroes campaign that I got to come in for a week for um, when I was in college. So it was after I'd moved away. I was visiting my high school friends. We were all in college, and I got to sit on a, on a session as a a character I, I named the hood and I actually really enjoyed creating that character. But anyway, there were lots and lots of touches that even I, as someone who's, I wouldn't say I'm on the outside looking in, but I am on the edges. <laughs> um, I'm on the, I'm on the line. I, I, I recognize things. I recognize creatures, but I couldn't tell you their names. And I recognize the, the animated uh, characters from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, which another one that was better than it had any right to be. Um, so actually, okay, so Mario and Dungeons and Dragons, both based on games, but also both had cartoons in the eighties on Saturday morning. Ah, uh, no wait, it was I don't know if Mario was on Saturday morning. Might, that might have been a weekday cartoon, but anyway, I had a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun, and there was some good stuff to it. There's uh, I was really surprised with where they took the the, the big MacGuffin uh, when Chris Pine actually gets his hands on it and is going to use the big MacGuffin for what he wants to use it for, and then some things happen and it, it took me it took it in a surprise direction, and and I think honestly the surprise direction was not what happened, but the reasoning behind. What happened? I really expected something like that to happen at the very end, after the climax, after the battle's done. Um, and I also really appreciated that to defeat the bad guy, there had to be sacrifices made. There had to be some loss involved. Um, speaking of loss, every character had backstory. Every character talked about their backstory. And that was another thing where I felt like I was watching a real play. Um, <laughs> where there is, uh, I can't remember the game, but there was a, a game that was being DM'd by Will Wheaton. And, um, and just how these people who were playing the game, they all took their characters so seriously. And, and I mean, they, they were method acting as they were playing the game. And, uh, you know, there was tears. I don't know how genuine the tears were, but it was really cool. It was actually a really good, um, uh, real play, I guess, but it was it was on uh, some streaming service. I don't remember now, but I think it's on YouTube. And 
it was good. It was fun. It was fun to watch. But um, I got that, that same feel here, except it didn't feel so self-serious. Uh, the characters seemed to play it as if they were being self-serious. Or I should say the actors were playing the characters as if they were being very, very serious. But then you find out, well, actually, there's, there's, there's a reason for that. And anyway, there was just a lot of fun twists and... You know, the quest is taking them from A to B to C to D. And it just was a fun, fun movie. And I don't know if I would play Mario and Dungeons and Dragons as a double feature. Um, The tone is very different for both of them. But they're close. They're close. They both have fun with the source material. And even though I didn't know the source material very well, I still got what they were doing. And I still felt like, oh, this is, this must be important to the lore, so to speak. It's like with Uncharted, where I actually uh, figured out that the one guy uh, on the beach was the voice actor behind the character that Tom Holland was playing uh, because they spent so much time lingering on him. And I figured, well, he has to be something important. Well, what else could he be? What else could he be other than the voice actor uh, behind an important character? So I I figured it out without knowing. But anyway, do I recommend Mario? I do. I do. It was fun and I liked it. Do I recommend Dungeons and Dragons? I do. I do. I had fun watching it. And so, yeah, so that is this road trip. I am in my parking lot. (laughs) Yeah, so... I literally am in a parking lot right now behind my house, uh, our house. I, I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the on the podcast before, but my, my house is an old church. And so our backyard actually is just a paved parking lot. Although it's, it's blacktop and or something, and it's starting to get, there's a lot of rocks that are just kind of coming loose and cracks. I'm not sure how to repair this thing. When we bought this house, it worked. It's five minutes away from work. And it fits my family, and it's summertime, so my two college kids are home from from school, and we fit, and all of our cars fit in our parking lot. But I don't know how to care for this, and I really I don't have the money to care for it. But anyway, I'm home. I'm in my parking lot, and so I've just turned the car off, and I am ready to go inside. But uh, I would love to hear from you, and you can uh, email Studio Avery at gmail.com and let me know what you thought about the Mario movie. Let me know what you thought about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, as we are continuing with, with the podcast, um, I really miss doing the mailbag thing. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of messages on Facebook, but those, those are easy to, to lose. So I just want to say then, thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you. If you geeked out about these movies, thank you for geeking out with me about it. And if you are not geeking out about them, I mean, honestly, you know, if you saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie and you are a an avid player, what'd you think? Did you like it? I have not really seen much as far as response to this movie. I know that there was a lot of controversy about Wizards of the Coast with their end users like end user license that they were doing and making changes to and it was the kind of thing that was going to cause some people to not be able to do things that they wanted to do with 
Dungeons and Dragons, like real play on YouTube or on podcasts, um, or creating campaigns and selling them and that sort of thing. And they lost a lot of goodwill. And that happened just before the movie. And so I know people were predicting that the movie was going to suffer from that, which I really don't think that that's the reason why Dungeons and Dragons is not a half a billion dollar uh, movie right now. I, I really don't think that's the reason why Dungeons and Dragons is, you know, working hard to even make their money back as far as the movie goes. I, I think it's because the IP is just not as accessible or attractive as some other IPs would be or could be. And I think they did the best they could with this movie. I think this is probably the best Dungeons and Dragons movie that they could make as far as getting actors that people recognize, as far as a tone that is fun, as far as a story that is accessible. Uh, I did not feel like I was stepping into a world that I didn't understand. I felt like as the world was going, as the story was going along, the world was being revealed. And yeah, there were creatures in the corner of the screen that I didn't know what they were, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They presented them in a way that they just felt natural and anything that was important was explained to me. And so I, I feel like the movie itself deserves a bigger audience. I don't think that it deserves necessarily, you know, Avengers Endgame kind of audience or movie uh, money, but it definitely, this is a fun movie and I hope it finds its feet on streaming, but that's the problem is it used to be you could make a movie like this, make back almost all of your money, and then you turn around and, and it's DVD sales and you get to be a cult following because people are buying it on DVD or they're renting it on VHS, even if you want to go back further. And so you might get a sequel out of it because of that. And the sequel might be directed DVD. It may not have the same actors, but the point was you, you didn't have to all, you know, didn't have to hinge everything on, on theater. Now with streaming, it's a lot harder for me anyway, to gauge how well something is doing. And, you know, you have this, you know, the movie that goes to streaming and suddenly it's not a direct one-to-one -one sale. It's you've got people who are subscribing to the streaming service. And what are they watching? Well, they may watch something, but it's pennies. It's, I mean, it's, it's pennies. If you take what I watch on uh, certain streaming services and, and how much I watch on them, um, it's, it's pennies that I'm putting into the studio as far as like my direct money. And so it's a different world. It's a different world. And this movie started with the cast sitting on a soundstage. And of course, the two youngest people didn't talk hardly at all. Actually, I don't think they said anything in that. It was just like the six leads, maybe seven. And they're all sitting there. And... You've got Chris Pine saying, thank you for coming to the theater. We play heroes in this movie, but you're the heroes because you're here. <laughs> oh, and you're watching the movie and you love movies just like we love movies. And and then uh, Valkyrie said something about how the popcorn tastes better than popcorn anywhere else. And and she's right. But then she says, I don't understand why. Well, it's because of the fat, man. I mean, the, the, the oils that they use and... It's so good. But the bottom line is 
I can't see this movie being the success that they were hoping it to be, being the franchise that they were hoping it to be. Um, it just isn't as accessible as, say, Transformers or Marvel or Star Wars. And that's a shame. That's a shame because this was a fun, fun movie. I enjoyed it myself. I'd love to jump back into the world of the movie um, and, and just spend some time with, with more stories there. But that's just the way it is. I got real like 80s fantasy vibes from it. I, I felt like I was watching Crawl or Willow or something like that. And yeah, it just it hit all the right spots. It was just a lot of fun. I'm glad that I went. And now, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spending time with me and letting me geek out about things. And until next time, I just want to wish you Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-3780. And once again, thanks for listening. Strongly.